Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Peters, my co-host, Craig Poston, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finances. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Another week. How are you Another doing? Week. Doing well, doing well. Ready for Mother's Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As much Anything as I can fun? be. Hey. Uh, simple, simple. You know, like gifts and doing some grilling. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you're keeping it simple, you know, keeping uh, it frugal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Frugal <laughs> Mother's Day. Yeah, so yeah, because last last mother Mother's Day and anniversary, I uh actually did more. Yeah, so yeah, I did uh what's that more than I should have, so it's gonna be mm. hard to uh, <laughs> compete with uh next <laughs> this one here. I mean yeah, that's yeah, what I meant yeah. to say. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. So you're just gonna reset the clock, do the frugal side, and then each year just build up from that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm re- yeah, reset, go back super frugal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Make the card with the construction. <laughs> there you go. Not even like a good construction paper, like tissue thin paper. Like. Yeah. So if you drop it way low, you can only go up from there. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What are your plans, uh, you know, for your, your mom or whatever, man? Yeah, man. So, uh, so my parents, they still live here, uh, here in town. So I'm going to go by over there. My mom wants some lights put up, uh, at the house. Oh, okay. uh, so I was going to do that because, uh, we have the, like the Edison lights, like the back or outside lights, uh, in yeah. my backyard and stuff that yeah. I set up like a while back. And then when they saw, when they came by, they wanted that too. So I was going to do that for them uh while i'm there and then you know get her some flowers get her some stuff and then we're gonna have a, a good dinner okay yeah yeah no, that's nice man that's what's up yeah. uh, so uh, cool. you got any new goals set for this month goals set for the month uh you know so i've been listening to a few uh more audiobooks right so yeah. you know we talked about i finished off the, the millionaire next door uh i got the audiobook for um the dip right by seth godden Okay. Um, where uh, I mean, I, I think you, I think you've read the book, but uh, it's basically like the learning the proper way to quit, right, or the or the art of quitting, right? Uh, kind of like determining what tasks, things, goals are not worth doing anymore. Like as in, like they're mm-hmm. they're not really aligned with your values. They're not providing uh, any growth for you, or they're just uh, causing too much stress. Whatever that is, right? So like one of my goals that I had was to, to learn to play the harmonica. And I literally, I have it right here and <laughs> I have not, this is literally the first time I picked it up in two months. Um, and it's still in the damn case. Um, yeah. and, I, and I've had it since I was a kid and I, and I used to want to play when I was younger. And that was one of my goals. I had, yeah. like I said, I haven't picked it up. So I'm, I'm dropping that goal because it just keeps causing, it doesn't cause stress because I'm not doing it. Right. But there's always like this overhanging thing. Like I keep writing it down to like do yeah. it. Uh, I keep like thinking about it. It's on like my notion page to to practice at least 10 minutes a day on it, which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, it's just not happening. So, yeah, dropping that one. So that was a thing for me. But now, yeah, no uh, other goals, you know, like the property and stuff. So coming around, got a couple of weeks to close on that. Going to do some renovations. Yeah, man, just just busy. What about you? How's the how's the Booker stuff coming around? Uh, definitely the book that you know, I'm supposed to be writing. Definitely hasn't <laughs> put, uh, putting much into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I did finish another Audible, and it was uh, Never Split the Difference. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Voss. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and I bought the book. So I can read it now because I, I it's like one of those things you, you hear it and then you go and see the words and like in imprints because I think it's actually pretty cool. It was kind of kind of cool how he was doing things to um, mm. to negotiate. Mm. Right? Yeah. So like and, and these are things that you can use with uh, like everyday life. Like if it was like mm. ne- negotiating your pay or uh, yeah. negotiating yeah. with your kids. It, it, yeah, it's just it was it was actually kind of cool. So that's why I was like, no, I got to read this book, too. I can't just. uh uh, listen to the audible, even though that, that is a easy way to, to fit into your, um, your time schedule. Right. Cause yeah, you with a book, you exactly. gotta sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, a book, you have to sit down and make time, but like yeah. uh, the audible is like, I'm, I'm going to work and listening to the book. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, I, I will say like for, for smaller books, like, like the dip, because it's such a short book or such a short read, I probably yeah. should, should have just got the book because it was like not even two hours worth of like audible and I had to uh, spend a credit on it. So I don't think it was really worth it. I mean, it, it's a great book. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's definitely a great book to, to listen and to, to really pull things from. I probably should have just read it. However, I probably never would have. So would have okay. just been like a, a book on a shelf for me. But yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Splitting the difference. I definitely got to yeah. look at that one. Yeah. So never, uh, never split the difference. That's what never split the difference. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So it was one of his uh, examples of uh, splitting the difference is wearing a brown shoe and a uh, a, a black shoe. Black shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So wearing a brown shoe and a black shoe means that you compromised. So if your wife wanted you to wear your brown shoes, but you wanted to wear your black shoes, you <laughs> compromise, you wear two. So in this sense, it's like how, you know, how ridiculous does that look? Gotcha. So, <laughs> so never split the difference. <laughs> ah. No, I mean, that's a that's a great concept in general, yeah. right? Because uh, there, there, while life has compromises, there are certain things that you shouldn't compromise on, yeah. right? For example, like you said, uh, pay. Right. You shouldn't have to compromise on your pay because of whatever, because benefits yeah. are better, because better time value. I don't know what it is, but yeah, no, yeah. that's one thing that you should not split the difference on. But no, yeah. that yeah. definitely got to uh, listen to that book. It's not going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, a good, it's a good listen too. That's what I'm saying. It's actually pretty cool. I was like, I was like, man, I'm actually interested while I'm driving, you know, yeah. even I got to pay attention to traffic, but I'm still listening. <laughs> there, you go. There, you go. there you go. Yeah. The, the one I've been uh, listening to recently is uh, another one by Darren Hardy. It's called the, Oh, the Entre- entrepreneur roller coaster. Yeah. I, I believe that's what it's called. And okay. that one's uh, free on audible and dude, it's actually pretty good. Like, yeah, you think you should take a, a listen to it kind of, he kind of goes over his, like his entrepreneur, timeline or lifestyle and stuff and he he gives like real tangible examples of how he kind of uh rose up in different businesses and how how to really see business work just in general and i thought it was i think it's currently a great list i'm on like the fourth chapter or something right now yeah and then he has the other one called uh, the compound the compound effect and that one i like that one a lot okay compound okay yeah because i'm definitely writing those down man yeah, because I have been slipping on my reading, and uh, yeah, I definitely was trying to fi- finish this book uh, that I had, and I don't know why it gets to a certain point where I, I get stuck there. So like, I was the like, Blue okay, Ocean one or yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah Blue Ocean effect. So like, I, I was uh, I was like, okay, maybe I need to go back to the things that interest me, and. Uh, mm. Yeah. So like always the psychology about business, the psychology about something that happens always interests mm. me more. And even though the, you know, this, that book is, um, is it, it has a lot of knowledge in it mm. and uh, it, it's actually good for a business owner, but it's, it's just the fact that it's uh, I don't know what it is every time I get going and it's like, all right, but I uh, you know, when it's something that's dealing with the psychology of a person that a way that you can, you know, say trick your mind to do something else, do yeah. something that you want to do right yeah. that those those interest me a lot gotcha. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No all right man so our, our topic this week man uh we got here maximizing credit yeah man yeah, yeah. so we went over kind of uh you know of course budgeting and to kind of continue our our financial type of series going from budgeting to uh building credit and now you know maximizing credit but what does that really mean right so maximizing credit and you know my opinion is one, of course, getting the building blocks for foundation to get a, a great credit score overall, but also uh, learning how to maximize the credit types that you have, right? So like the first thing I think we put on here was, you know, number of accounts, right? So kind of going back to the building credit, you want to have a good number of accounts, especially as early as possible. The reason why is because the age of credit is averaged out between the amount of accounts you have. So if you have a lot of credit early, then you will be able to have a good foundation just in case you start adding more credit because you more than likely will, depending on uh, what you plan to do, especially say if you're going for properties, you need credit, right? So you'll be adding more and more things to your, I guess, portfolio of credit. Uh, So having those uh, a decent amount early will uh, be good for you, especially like say, for example, you accidentally missed a payment 
right? Those are also averaged out between the amount of payments per account. So, you know, things happen, you know, you miss a payment, you're not able to get it off quickly. Uh, you're still kind of buffered or kind of uh, soften the blow if you have a bunch of accounts, right? So I put the example of, of 10 accounts. Um, and, th and the reason why I did that is because uh, according to stuff like Credit Karma and according to uh, a lot of the FICO scores, that is kind of the metric for the, the yellow to green zone, right? It is 10 accounts. Now, I'm not saying that it has to be specifically credit cards. It can be the culmination of credit cards, loans, whether that's installments, mortgages, uh, other revolving credit like lines of credit. So it doesn't have to be just one type of credit. But, you know, like I said, that's that's my opinion. I know, Craig, that's a more optional for you, yeah. right? Because, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, you know, it was the reason why I put optional for that was because there's always, you always try to leave that, that window open that uh, a person can figure out another way to do this, right? Uh, like you said, you can have multiple uh, other types of accounts, uh, I would say. So say, you know, you have five credit, mm -hmm. you know, revolving accounts, right? And then after that, you can do, like I said, you can do that combination of like, okay, I've had different card notes over time. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, your credit is built over time anyway. And when I was saying about the optional, I, I think I was focusing more on the credit card accounts, mm. uh, you know, that's uh, for having 10 at least, you know, and uh, it would be one of those things, as you're saying, if it's at least 10, it would have to be the uh, the diversity, right? You have like mm. a diverse amount of different accounts on there. And that I would say probably would help you stay in that, that uh, maximum range uh, credit score. Mm. If, uh, and if you keep all those accounts in good standing. So, yeah. And, yeah so yes, uh, in a sense, I am agreeing with you. And uh, when I said optional, it was mostly because it was a uh, uh, credit. It, it depends on what you had for the accounts. That's why right. I said optional. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree because uh, certain accounts, like even student loans, right? You could definitely rack those up, like the number of yeah. accounts really quickly, especially nowadays with how much school costs. So those are not exactly the example I'm, I was going with, but uh, but no, uh, I agree. It, the the type of account is uh, and the amount is what we're trying to go for. And then kind of going to the next one, you know, being disciplined when you use your credit, yeah. right? So. So in the, the previous example or previous podcast, uh, Craig and I kind of talked about it, how we built up the, I guess, the discipline to always pay off our credit cards, right? But it wasn't always like that, right? There was never always the, uh, a time where I always paid it off, right? There were many times where I did uh, hold the balance, but um, I kind of went away from that. And the reason why is uh, credit cards and credit card bureaus, they they make a bunch of money off the interest that they yeah. charge you on your credit cards. And they could be incredibly high for very, I want I don't want to say no reason because they're technically borrowing money from them, but uh, they are incredibly ridiculous. Like these could be in the twenties and almost like thirties of percentage rates. And if you're just paying the minimum on a card and it's that high, then you will never or yeah. almost never pay that off because they're always going to be adding and adding money to it. A way to get around that. And the reason why I don't really even track like what my percentage rates are on my credit cards is because I do pay them off and they don't charge me any interest. And granted, you know, other, they also make money off of uh, companies that allow credit cards, right? So like stuff like American Express, MasterCard, Visa, Discover, uh, they charge companies to use or to allow customers to use their platform right? Or to use that type of credit. But, you know, so let the companies take that hit instead of you. But, you know, what's another way to, you know, kind of show discipline when when using your credit? Well, I mean, it was kind of like what you said, like making those payments because you had a balance, right? But yeah. like um, just being dip, disciplined and making sure you are paying attention to the dates, right? Mm. So uh, it like it, regardless of it's your car note, your mortgage, your, uh, you know, whatever, right, that uh, a credit card or whatever, right, that would actually affect your credit. Just being disciplined enough to actually pay attention and to follow through. If you receive some money and uh, you know you have debt, uh, you might want to be disciplined enough to take that money and put that money towards something else, right, or, or, or towards your your debt. But, uh, but being disciplined uh, just in general with your, your credit, you know, just making sure you follow through 
Uh, make sure you take that money that you just had this windfall or just came in, uh, take that money and put it towards your debt, get rid of, get rid of whatever it is so you can maximize that credit in a sense. Cause that is an example of what I did. So I like you, like you, I've had balances on my uh, credit cards. Actually, I have a balance on a card now. And the only reason why I don't just pay it off is because it's at a zero interest. And oh, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And once the zero interest goes away, then I'm just going to go, all right, here you go. And oh. just knock it out. Uh, but uh, that, that is the only reason why I'm holding the balance. But the times that I had to hold a balance because I wasn't, I guess, being better with my money, it, it was, I would do that. I would take money that I was like, oh, well, I got this extra money that I made from doing this. And then I, what I would do is I would just knock it out. And it paid off because because as I did that, my credit score kept going up and it kept mm. getting better. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's how I see being disciplined. And, and I know there's other ways, uh, you know, you can show action of being disciplined. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, you know, kind of continue on. So one of the things that I kind of do to try to maximize credit or, or I did for like a year, maybe maybe a year and a half. Right. So say if you especially if you're younger, you're not trying to, say, get a property or, or get a house uh, for yourself and you can kind of take the, the small hits from credit. Uh, there's a thing called credit card churning. Right. And what that means is that you're kind of just going through multiple credit cards or, or applying for multiple credit cards within a small amount of time. You know, there's multiple YouTube videos out there about it. And basically what it's doing is that you try to get the cards that are offering the best start out bonus or or uh, initial bonus for getting the card and spending like five hundred, maybe a thousand dollars on the card within the first month or three. Right. And what this does is it, it kind of just gives you uh, an incentive. And also pretty good cards. So the cards that I did, I did the, because uh, we're Navy, or sorry, because we're military, I got the Navy Federal Credit Union one, the More Rewards Amex. That one came with a $300 bonus. So I had to spend, I, I don't even think it was that much. I want to say it was like 1500 bucks uh, in the first three months on the card. And then I would get $300 as a bonus. So that one went great. A couple months after that, I did the, I started going the Chase route. So I did the Chase Freedom Unlimited, I believe was the first one I did. That one gave me like a 200 or $250 uh, credit. And then a few months after that, I did the Chase Freedom Flex that had just yeah. come out around that time. That one was another $200 one. And then I, I want to say I did another one or another two, maybe the, the Capital One Saver one. And granted, that was like, you know, within a year, right? So I would say I took two to three months between each one to kind of get it. Now, you know, there are some caveats right not each creditor like chase they uh i believe they still abide by the 524 rule the 524 rule means that uh if you have uh new accounts open within the past two years or 24 months that exceed five i believe exceed five then you they do not allow you to open a new account with them right so chase would be a, a good one to start off early especially in the credit game and if you want to churn, so if you want to get the the freedom cards and then you want to get like the sapphire preserved or uh preferred reserve my apologies not preferred preserved um and then another ones that are good are amex amex is always in, in my opinion a fairly good one to churn the reason why is because most of them are charge cards so they don't have limits and even if they do have credit cards amex is fairly notorious of giving you uh high credit limits and what this does on top of just giving you the rewards or the media rewards is that it starts building that portfolio of a high revolving credit spending limit Right. So going back again to the, the previous podcast, right, where we talked about the difference of uh, having a thousand dollar credit versus ten thousand dollar available credit. Right. This will kind of help you out with that. And like I said, within that first year or within a year of time to do it. And like I said, only do it if you're not trying to, you know, say, get a vehicle, if you're not trying to get a, a car, if you're not trying to get approved for another loan, um, because those hits can affect uh, opening other accounts, right? So I made sure that I wasn't going to get a house or anything during that time. And I made sure that I had enough buffer time to go apply and, and get a mortgage loan. Uh, at least for, for my example, I've no, I don't know if you've ever had to churn cards or if you've had the opportunity to. No, no that I've not had the opportunity to do that. I just started to get into the, the rewards and the cash back and actually mm. using it 
using it to your advantage, you know, instead of your disadvantage, which yeah. again would go to that being disciplined when it comes to that, because you got to make sure you pay your balances off so you don't get charged interest while you're trying to earn rewards and, uh, and uh, cash back. Yeah. Uh, and like you, I, I know you mentioned the um, American Express. I, I, I like American Express because they give you a lot more flexibility. Uh, it's sad that some places when it comes to utilities don't necessarily take American Express, but yeah. <clears throat> but pretty much all retailers do. Uh, so you can use it literally anywhere. And then the other, th- you know, other thing I like about it is uh, how, say, if you like you say, if you have a credit limit, they don't penalize you for going over your limit. Because Correct. they because they expect you to pay it, you know. Yeah. By the time you get an American Express, your your credit score is probably pretty good, and you wouldn't want to ruin that, you know. No. So, uh, so yes, I, that's what I like about it. Uh, it uh, also uh, what uh, I like to do is plant. So, say if you plan out something, say if you want to get new flooring in your home, or you know you're about to do something big like a big vacation, you have the money in your account. You take uh, cards like that, uh, American Express or the Chase, because uh, I have uh, America, I have Chase uh, Bonvoy. Uh, if mm. you take those cards uh, and charge it, whatever that is, right? So charge that trip or charge that flooring, whatever the repair you're trying to do. But you already have the money, and you come back and you just pay it off. You just made yourself money, and you just uh, earn re- or you earn rewards to take another trip. So uh, that's uh, one of the things I like about the, some of those cards that you mentioned. Yeah, no doubt. And, and another thing, and, and Craig kind of brought it up, but I really wanted to cover it, is that, you know, when you're churning cards, you can actually build out a decent portfolio of different types of creditors, right? So when I got all those different ones, for example, uh, I kind of brought it up, the the Navy Federal one, that was an Amex, right? Both my chases, one was a MasterCard, one was a Visa, right? The, only, the one thing I don't have is a uh, Discover, right? But I covered most of the different types of uh, creditors that you can get, right? And and like uh, Craig was saying, not everyone accepts, say, Amex, right? But most places will at least accept uh, MasterCard and Visa, right? Because uh, MasterCard typically runs the, the debit card game as well. Um, and Visa will also have higher limits, especially for their Visa signature cards. So that kind of helps you, especially if you really categorize what you spend. So for example, like Craig said, utilities, right? I use my credit card for my utilities all the time and then I just pay it off, right? I use my Amex more for things like travel, right? Because I get more rewards towards travel. Like like Craig said, you kind of just get that bonus that debit cards really don't give you anymore. Even smaller credit unions that used to give you a little bump here and there, they're not doing that anymore, especially after the pandemic uh, kind of came and went. Uh, So it's not as advantageous to use a debit card versus a credit card when you have the cash on hand to pay them off. So, And then uh, the next one uh, was that keep your oldest account open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or your yeah. account or accounts, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so keep referencing the previous podcast. Might as well just listen to the <laughs> podcast, right? Uh, but in the example of me, right, I wish I would have known or someone would have told me to open more than just one account when I was 18, right? And the reason why is because it brought down my credit age a lot when later in life, I want to say a couple of years later, I got another credit card or I opened a few accounts. I can't remember. Um and it just kind of the average just went down and, and it's still feeling the effects now because I didn't have that solid foundation. So if you have old accounts, especially if you have one to three accounts, you really don't want to toss those away or get rid of them um, because it really sets up the longevity of your accounts. Now, if you've had a good credit or you've had multiple accounts that are over 10 years old, then you should be totally fine to get rid of those uh, old or first accounts, especially if they don't give you any rewards. If they're uh, not a high spending limit, then they kind of become more of a burden and you kind of have to figure out what to do with them. Right. And you had to like, I don't know, buy your pack of gum a month with it. Um, But no, yeah. So keep your oldest accounts open as long as possible so that you really maximize what your credit score can be. And then like, uh, you know, it's like our next point on here, but it's to go with the, you know, keep your oldest account open. What I, what I um, you know, suggest, I don't necessarily use it because what I use to track which credit card, you know, you have that like the last time you used it, 
you can use a spreadsheet, but what I use is like, I'll go to the last payment, like on each of my uh, cards and I would actually see, Hey, what, uh, which one is it? All right. All right. Boom. I, I didn't pay it. I paid it when it was March of last year. All right. Mm-hmm. I know it's time for me to go ahead and use this card again. Uh, and that's how I, I keep up with it. Uh, I know some people use spreadsheets to keep up with the, the last time they use a card. So they know, Hey, when I go to spreadsheet, boom, I know this card needs to go next. Also, uh, uh, you know, logging into your, each of these uh, online accounts actually help, mm. uh, help, you know, show activity on your, your online account. So you don't want you to forget your password. And then I'm trying to remember exactly because I know every time I don't log in for a while, it seems like something's different. Like it doesn't remember me, but uh yeah, the uh, that's a, a good way to keep up with your uh, uh, the last time you use your credit card, and that's a, uh, because what happens is your uh, creditor would actually just get rid of or close out your your credit card account if you don't use it within a certain time. Mm. Uh, sometimes they give you a warning, uh, just like, "Hey, you might want to use your card because you mm. hadn't used it in a year," and then some don't. They just like, "Well, you hadn't used it. All right, goodbye." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and you have to pay attention to that because that does mess with uh, your credit utilization on your uh, on your credit uh, credit report. Yeah. No. No doubt it does. And uh, you know, there's been multiple reports, even you know, especially during the pandemic, that I believe Amex was one of the bigger ones where they started closing accounts here and there because people just weren't using them, right? And you know, it was a pandemic. Uh, now that people were you know going out at the time, things were cheaper at the very beginning. So people weren't spending as much money just in general, right? I mean, now, you know, a couple of years later, it's totally opposite. Now we're just spending money out the wazoo. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, um, but no, that does happen. And what I do to kind of combat that is that I have, like, I, I literally put a label on each of my credit cards for something to be on them. And like I said, from the last podcast, is that even as simple as my Disney Plus membership, right? It's like seven, eight bucks, right? But I still put it on one of the cards to kind of just make sure or let my creditor know that I'm still actively using the account. Yeah. And and, and you can do that for your, uh, the ones that are like your MasterCard, Visa, stuff like that, Amex. But then like you, you could have department store card accounts mm. uh, where uh, you have to keep up with it in that way. Uh, you have to go like, oh, well, let me go buy a t-shirt uh, or mm. Uh, let me buy this uh, little piece of decor if it's a furniture store or whatever, right? Something. Yeah. yeah, it's just to keep it alive, especially if it's a large, uh, large limit. Because sometimes these the furniture stores give you super large limits because they want mm. you to spend. But yeah. that's the hard thing, and especially if you're a person that's usually content with what you have. It's hard to spend uh, money all the time. So then you have to come up with ways to remember hey, let me buy a little something, pay it off, and here we go. Yeah, yes, it, it is a game, and that's the reason why you also we also talk about make sure you pick a card that is going to be useful in your life. And mm. that way, it's always easy to use it. Uh, a lot of department store cards are not as useful. Uh, yeah. So, so like, yeah, you're not going to use them all the time. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, kind of going into it, definitely make sure you have different types of credit, right? And we kind of talked about it earlier, but, you know, when we say types of credit, we're talking about revolving credit. So credit cards, that is your revolving credit, right? Installment loans, like student loans, auto loans, home loans. Now I'm not saying get all of them. I'm not saying go and get student loans, right? But there are different types of credit that can kind of diversify and I'm going to keep saying portfolio, not exactly like a portfolio though, but it does diversify the types of credit. And what that does is that it allows different creditors or different financial institutions uh, get a better picture of what you're using credit for and what other people have uh, given you basically responsibility of, right? So me and Craig said it last time that when we got our first mortgage or, or a mortgage on our account, it uh, drastically shot it up. And even places like Credit Carmen and Credit Sesame, they'll even tell you what type of uh, credit you should get or what type of loan you should get. Now, I wouldn't always follow that because they do get paid. They do have ads for those, right? So um, do what you feel fit or what you feel is good um, around that. But, you know, definitely diversify as early as you can and just to kind of start 
the process to to get a better credit score. Uh, that, that definitely, I agree with that. Yeah, and like you said, we we started out with, with revolving credit on us having different accounts. But the the gist is, you got to have a bunch of different accounts. You got to have uh, the different loans. You kind of want to have that credit death. So like uh, you you look good to the banks or your creditors, whoever wants to uh, take you on. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's all I got to say on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you know. And I think Craig will probably hit this up more, but, you know, look at credit as a tool, right? And, you know, I kind of say that about a lot of things, right? Uh, I say that about money. I say that about education as in, you know, degrees or certifications, right? Look at everything as a tool, right? And, you know, think about it like, you know, I could have a nail or I could have a screwdriver, right? But they use two different tools to put that thing down, right? So I'd use a hammer for a nail and I, well, I could probably use also a screwdriver to hit a nail into a thing. You would want a screw, right? To, to, to use a screwdriver, right? But they're, they're different tools and they have different purposes and you can just utilize them differently, right? And in the same sense that I don't have a huge attachment to a screwdriver or to a hammer, right? Because it is a tool that it serves a specific purpose. And it, when I no longer need it for that purpose, then it has no value of it to me, right? So same with credit, right? Use it as a tool, use it as something you can kind of just uh, pull out of you know, your toolbox and kind of give you that extra edge, right? So you know, a few different ways to kind of use it as a tool. Uh, Craig has it down, you know, purchase assets, right? So he kind of gave the example last time where you could use a personal loan, right? And, you know, one of our commenters kind of did it in our last one where you can get a secured loan as well, right? And you can put that towards a mutual fund, towards an ETF. And as you're paying down the loan, you can also be gaining assets or gaining dividends through that ETF. Yeah, so that that was something that, uh, you know, that's why I put it in there. But just know that that's a, a, a risky thing to, uh, like put it in stocks or real estate, you know, nothing is guaranteed. But the thing is, you're trying to utilize as a tool, you're trying to take your mind away from using credit as just an extension of your income, but more as in, hey, how can I get to where I want to be quicker? Yeah. So what, what purchasing assets? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said before, it could be very risky, but you got to realize you got to change your mindset to how you should use your credit. No longer we should be in debt or using it as an extension of our income. We should be using it uh, more so to make sure we get ahead in life, uh, make sure you're preparing for your future or you're helping your future generation, which could be your children, could be anybody, right, that you have in your life, uh, help out with uh, building for the next stages. Hey, and, and think about this, right? Uh, with having good credit, some uh, employment required to have good, good credit. Sometimes getting your insurance requires you to have good credit. So yeah. by you having that mindset of treating it as an asset and not as, uh, you know, wanting a liability where you're using an extension of your income, you'll, you'll actually come out a lot better. Uh, and another way, like I said, I was talking about it earlier about using it as a tool, those rewards, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, those rewards and those cashbacks. I mean, honestly, I, I, that's like the best thing ever. Right? And it's pretty cool because it's a lot of, I don't do coupon clipping and I yeah. don't, yeah. And I, I don't really see as many coupons as I used to see back in the day. No, like, no. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, having uh, credit cards that, that give you rewards back actually kind of, you know, makes up for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and that gives you another reason why you should have good credit. Uh, so you can be able to participate in this type of thing. Uh, Cause they did, uh, and I, I should have pulled the article up so I could read from it, but it was something talking about where uh, you having cash are actually paying more than a person that has a credit card paying yeah. for their, their groceries because yeah. you're, you're paying for the, the person who goes all cash is paying for the fees of the person who who's using the credit card. Yeah. So, so and, and when I say that is the retailer, they have to pay a fee for the use of credit cards. Yeah. So when I to have that convenience for a customer, they pay for the fee. But what they do is they pass that fee off to the cust uh, to the customer in general. So mm. the person who pays cash actually gets less money for their money uh, versus a person who's getting charged that same fee within their credit, but they're getting cash back on top of it. So they're yeah. they're actually making money in the process. Yeah. 
And, you know, definitely, you know, going into the discipline and using it as a tool, right? This is, we're not saying use credit cards on everything, right? But you can use it on the things that you normally get. People normally get groceries or eat yeah. at a restaurant, right? Credit cards have that as rewards. Some have them better than others. So you can more than likely get those if you want. There are credit cards that have specific for gas, right? If you're driving a car, you typically have a gas car. You can get rewards for that. Even for like Uber, there's ones for Uber. There's ones for travel. So whatever your lifestyle is, there has to be, or there more than likely will be a credit card that's good for you that you can use as that tool to just give you a little bit of a leg up. Yeah, I'm glad you cleared that up because yeah, that that is important to know. Use you're only using the car for something you were gonna do anyway. Like if you know, so just like this Mother's Day, you know you're going out, but you know you have the money. You can you you can use the car for that. Now I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not gonna you know talk to you like I'm a financial advisor. But yeah. I'm just saying you can uh, do these things. So and it, it's always great, not, you know, that you have the money in the bank account before you make, you know, those type of purchases. But if you're going to use it on your utilities, you got to pay your utilities. If you're going to use it on your groceries, you're going to eat anyway, right? Yeah. So that and those are the perfect things to use those on. Uh, another way I uh, use to build rewards, right, or uh, cash back, something I, uh, you know, it still goes into that. Something I know I was already going to buy, right? So uh, I would a vacation, right? I already knew that I had the money. I What I'm going to do is I'm going to pay with the card. One, I gave myself this protection anyway to, if from fraud. Uh, and then on top of that, I also give myself uh, the rewards. I've just paid and now I, I just got myself a new uh, new rewards to do another vacation. So uh, that's that's kind of like I said, I like using the, using the cards or using my credit as a, a tool. And that's my new mindset now about credit. Uh, also, um, I've used it for different things. I wouldn't advise it for anybody else. This is just something I do. They also call it velocity, uh, uh, payments, velocity right? payments. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted my, um, I wanted my title a lot sooner and it all in the process, I reduce interest. So what I did was I took half the money that I, uh, that I already had. And then I took money from my car cause they allowed me to, and I put that money onto, uh, my loan that I had on my car, which then paid it off. And my title was in the mail and I reduced the interest that I was going to pay to extend it out for the next few years or whatever. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, I knew I had the money coming in. So I just took the money I knew I had coming in and just paid it off. So in the end, I, I ended up uh, paying it off. I did pay some interest, but I knew, I knew my risk. Because if you use a credit card, you have you're in more control of paying it off a lot quicker than using amortization to pay something off. Uh, again, don't advise that for people. That was it was something I was testing out, something I wanted to do, and then I've done it too for my mortgage. Only did it for a little bit, but I, I did it uh, again to prove something to myself. And you you do you knock out whatever you are going to pay for that certain period of time for that amount of money of amortization. If you, because you're all, you're, what you're doing is you're paying it in bulk and just that certain period in time is in bulk. You're not paying. I don't, I mean, like I said, don't advise this for people, just something I wanted to do. Some people do, some people do try this and actually succeed at it. So the reason why I say, Hey, this is very risky only for people that who are disciplined only know that you know, you're going to be able to come up with the money, try things like that. But again, I'm showing that it's a tool and you could do pretty much anything that you you that the card would allow you to do to uh, help yourself. Yeah. And another thing is like, you know, credit cards also have a bunch of perks other than just rewards. Right. So money cards, they'll add insurance to stuff. They'll add warranties to stuff that you buy. Uh, so, you know, for example, like the Amex, right, my Amex Platinum, uh, I get uh, certain travel credits, but, you know, say for like incidentals, say if my luggage gets lost, then I can get reimbursed for that. Right. As like a little credit, um, for rental cars, right. A lot of rental, uh, car companies will try to charge you or, or upsell you on insurance. My, if I pay with my Amex Platinum, that's already included on, with the card, right. If I purchase a laptop, with the card, then it adds an additional warranty of, you know, maybe a year to two years, say if I break it, if I lose it, whatever. And say, if I don't have a 
uh, valuable uh, personal property insurance, like VPP insurance, then you know I could always go through the card, or it's always another thing to kind of add on to it. Um, so that's another way, you know, credit or credit cards specifically can be used as a tool. And, and as uh, we we close out on this uh, on the credit maximizing credit, we wanted to make sure we ensure that you make sure <laughs> make sure again make sure <laughs> you are forming good habits with credit. Yeah. Yeah. So as Jay say, stated earlier, pay off your statement every month. This really helps out, right? So if you form this in your mind, hey, this is what I do, you're saving yourself on interest and you're learning how to be more disciplined with handling your credit. And I know that that was something that you brought up in, in the beginning. Uh, Jay, mm-hmm. did you want to add on more to it? So uh, if you can't, right, we're not saying just do it right off the bat. If you can't do it, then kind of build a tolerance for it. Right. So, for example, if you know you could at least pay for groceries for the month in cash, then only spend your car or only spend it on groceries. Right. You don't have to start spending everything on the credit card, especially if you're not in the financial situation to do so. Uh, but, you know, baby step it as much as you can. And then when you're in where you have more money or you're making more money, um, then, yes, pay or use your credit card if you really want to, but always pay it off in full. Yeah. Yes. Good advice. And then another one, uh, never use your credit cards for expense, uh, expensive purchases that you can't pay off in 30 days. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, like, man, you know, I'm going to go back to that. I want to say it's like Rick Ross or someone. If you can't buy it too, then don't <laughs> buy it. Right. And, and, that, and that's true. Right. And, you know, he may have meant it in a joking way or in a, in a truly financial way. Right. If you can't afford it, stop trying to use credit to kind of take that blow. Right. I understand there are certain wants, right, that people have, whether that's, you know, something nice to uh, grab, like, say, jewelry or that rolly or whatever it is. Right. Even a car, whatever that is, if you cannot afford it and, you know, that can be measured in many different ways. Right. What is affordable to you? Right. But if you know you can't pay that off uh, quickly, especially after spending it on a credit card, then it does it damages you more than you can really think. Right. So your credit limit goes up. Right. That's an immediate hit. If you start missing payments, that's a hit. Um, And as it continues, it'll just kind of dig into your credit score more and more. So it would be the opposite of of maximizing credit. You would be. causing a huge detriment to your credit. And, you know, in another video or another podcast, we'll go over how to rebuild credit, but it would be better if you didn't have to rebuild exactly. credit, right? <laughs> right? And, and, and credit will definitely uh, champion that one uh, mostly. But yeah, do not purchase anything that is above your budget, above uh, what is considered affordable for you. And, you know, just kind of rethink that purchase at that time. Yeah. And then uh, this one right here, I, I've done this before and I uh, regret it. Uh, one of the reasons why uh, I had to rebuild my credit. Do not co-sign for anything for anyone. You cannot take over payments or pay off, right? Uh, again, you're, if you're, you're telling the bank you are responsible for the person who is going to be paying for this product, car, whatever it is, right? And if you co-sign and you don't, uh, no, you can afford it, then you shouldn't be co-signing. Uh, I mean, I, I I just go against it because, like I said, in my experience, it turned out to be bad, but manageable. It's just that I had uh, end up with late payments. And the person that yeah, at the time, it was somebody I was in a relationship with. And uh, she didn't let me know until a little bit, you know, like after, oh, she couldn't make the payments or whatever. Right. So, uh, one, uh, I had to come up with the money, but by that time it already hit, hit the credit, right? Like uh-huh. say, Hey, I had a late payment. And then, uh, after that, I had to just go ahead and pay the remaining off. It wasn't a lot. It was like maybe like $2,400. I had to pay the rest of it off anyway, because I, it was time for me to get a new car because my car was breaking down. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, or actually it broke down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I take that back. It didn't break. It wasn't breaking. It broke. It was. It was. Yeah. Done. It was done. Yeah. But uh, and I needed to go get a new car. And uh, what was preventing me was I had that loan out, and at the time I didn't make a lot of income. And it was like you can't have two loans right now. Uh, mm. So, and so basically, what I had to do is end up 
paying that one off, pay the, the old loan off, then get into another car, uh, vehicle uh, loan payment. So uh, end up being more of a mess than I wanted or a headache, you know, but uh, learn my lesson. That's something I would never do unless I know I'm going to be the one responsible, making sure everything gets done. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I've never really had the, the experience to be a co-signer. I have uh, had other people had that experience. Um, some of them were, were good. Some of them, you know, like your experience were bad uh, because you do, you, you lose the control of that debt you're paying. Now, you know, sometimes even family members can uh, misuse uh, that cosign uh, yeah. for whatever reason. So, you know, even if, you know, you love them, uh, you, you want to spend as much time with them, don't co-sign with them <laughs> unless, unless, you know, they're, they're uh, responsible enough to at least keep communication with you that, you know, things are going wrong or whatever, or if you, like Craig said, have control over it to kind of buffer it. So co-signing can be good for the other person that is receiving the co-sign yeah. similar to, to authorize users on credit cards. But be very wary, be very cautious when doing so. Yeah. And then uh, another one, this is something I do. Do not use more than two or three cards at a time to control debt. And this this will vary from person to person. Uh, again, this is something for me that may not fit you. It's just an easy way to make sure I mentally take control over what what's there, right? Mm. Yeah, so like, hey, oh, well, if I'm using, if I got to go to another card because I like, oh, I need to use it, right? All right, it's in my mental. I know it's there. Or this card is only used for this. It's in my mental. I know why I used it, right? And you just have to keep keep in mind not to go past a certain amount of cards mm -hmm. while you just so you can keep a handle on what's going on. Now, like I said, it varies from person to person. Someone might actually look at each one of these accounts every time and make sure they know what's going on or they may create a spreadsheet or they might just write it down and they know where, you know, Hey, all right. I know what's on this. It's only $50. I got it. I'll pay it off. It, yeah. You know, at the end of the month. And, and that's a totally different story, but like for people who are using cards and they lose control and they just like, Oh, well, I'm gonna charge the next one. And they just keep going or they're trying to catch all the perks. Yeah, just <laughs> just be very mindful of what you you know what you're doing, and that's the only reason why I said the two or three cards at a time. Yeah, yeah, I would say you know be very mindful, be very intentional what you use your cards for. So, for example, like I said, I label all my cards. So I have a card for gas and groceries. I have a card for utilities. I have a card for travel, right? And I make sure that that is all they're used for, right? What I label them is strictly for that purpose. Not it's not like I don't have another card that could probably do the same function. That's just not what I plan on that card doing, right? Whether that's based off of the credit limit, whether that's based off the reward amount, whatever that is, right? I just make sure that I am disciplined enough to only use my cards for those certain purposes. Now I, I do kind of go over that two to three limit, uh, but you know, like uh, similar to investing, right? Kind of stick to something simple at first and then, you know, slowly go into more and more as you can kind of take on or adjust to more risks in a way. Uh, another one that, uh, or the last one for this one, avoid maxing out your credit cards. All right. So, and that's what I was saying earlier about having that mental, mental limit in your mind, like knowing that, okay, yeah, I don't have, I shouldn't be using this card because I've already used this card and used another card. And, and this way of you maxing out your card, you like, I only spend my 30% or less on the car. And you mentally already know because you, you calculate it up. So you know your limit is whatever it is, right? What, what is it? If you do 10,000, right? That's, uh, uh, what's that, 3,000? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah. So you can only use that amount of it. And then you know the stop there. Uh, so, and that's the thing make sure that you are keeping up with those things uh, because yeah, it, it can happen quick where you're going over and you're past the 30% mark and you're, you're already at the 60% mark. And uh, that's probably why you should listen to the other one, our other podcast, where it talks about uh, budgeting. So yeah. you, you know how to, you know how to keep up with those things. Yeah. Uh, and we're not saying that things don't happen, right? Like things can happen where you use that, but you don't want to be, already in the situation where you have to start using more and more, right? You want to be able to have that little buffer. That's why I was saying in the previous podcast that use like 10 to 
of your overall credit so that if you need to go to the 30% or even more, uh, you still have that chance to do so. Don't make a, a, a huge habit of it. Um, but, you know, and that, that was another reason why you want to have multiple cards or, or multiple uh, amounts of credit on the cards so that you're not always getting hit so much when you have to use your card or when it's in a dire emergency. Right. And then I'll leave you with what experience thinks about good credit habits. So this is what they think a, a daily practice should be. Number one, pay your bills on time. Number two, keep your credit utilization low. Number three, check your credit score regularly. And number four, apply for new credit only when needed. And I could agree with, with, with those. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. So and th those are good things that uh, people starting out the credit should keep in mind when uh, we're dealing with credit or credit cards or anything that deals with credit. Yeah. All right. And I'm That's time this. for the Rubel and Cheap. Cheat, yeah. All right, so for this one, this one we got, and I will say that Craig is uh, on this one. Uh, adding water <laughs> to the last of the, the soap or, uh, or shampoo bottle, right? Is that <laughs> yeah. frugal or cheap? Right? And we were kind of talking about this earlier. Now we didn't we didn't come up with a verdict earlier, but we were kind of talking about this earlier. We kind of talk them through it, Craig. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. I, I don't know. Me, I was, you were laughing at me earlier because I say I like pumps. Yeah, because I like right? <laughs> So, like, yeah, if you, you you got the face wash or whatever, right, and it's at the very bottom, but, like, you're just pumping it and pumping it. And it's like it won't come out. So I'm going to put a little bit of water as I get the rest of it out. I don't, you know, it it, it could be, you know, uh, you know the, the cheap side or the, what do you call it, the uh, scarcity side, you yeah. know, where, where like, uh, you, you keep doing it. But in reality, if you, uh, you know, uh, keep two on hand you know that's another way to yeah. uh, avoid that even unless you ran out of both you know <laughs> and, like, yeah. and you just need you to go pump either yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> yeah and then like, no, i don't put water on my stuff man like like uh i know someone that they put water in their hand soap and every time i go to use it i'm like what is this is now just water i'm just washing my hands with water this is disgusting uh yeah. but no what i do like with mine uh, i tell just kind of turn it upside down Right, kind of like how you do like ketchup bottles or whatnot, yeah. right? And then I kind of try to use that to kind of like uh, knock it out. Uh, you know, I don't get to use the pump. You know, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I definitely for the shampoo bottle, I definitely uh, put water in it. I mean, you're putting water in your hair anyway, so like <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point of the shampoo. <laughs> so yeah, the, um, I don't know. Like that, that could be, uh, you know. It, could be on the cheap side because of, of the <laughs> scarcity <laughs> but uh also it could be very frugal if you like no i want my last drop because i spent my money on it you can cut it open man you can just put it into another like container or something uh, yeah you, you could <laughs> it's too much work yeah just put some water in it yeah, yeah there you go put water in it good good all right well oh, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Craig and Jay signing off to Troubleshooting Like Podcast. We'll see you next week. Please subscribe and like. See you next week. All right. <laughs>